0: Good Sunday morning, City Gate Church and Pastor Howie Cantrell welcome you to this week's broadcast. We encourage you to tune in each Sunday morning at 730 right here on 100.7 WHIN or visit us in person at 734 Red River Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Services start at 945 and now Pastor Howie Cantrell. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you guys for being here today. We're going to have something special. And I, before we get into this, and, and I have these, these wonderful people show up today, I thought Jean Pierre had done runoff this morning. I looked up and uh, I saw him leaving the parking lot, and I said, Oh Lord, what is going on? They got the wrong date. They think they're in the wrong location. I don't know what's going on. And then I realized that. Jean Pierre and myself, we share in a common struggle, and that struggle is we like to have a biscuit. <laughs> and I realized what was going on. I said, Ah, he'd be back. Today, we have with us Agape to the Nations. And I always love having them here because. When they come, they give us updates. They talk to us about the things that they have been through, the things they're struggling with, the things that they're working on, trying to perfect and to get better and to do more and more. And I was remembering back several years ago, I got a a phone call from Kinsley. And she said, Howie, I want to talk to you about something. I got something on my heart, and I want to talk to you about something. And I said, well, okay. And she said, and Charlie's coming. And I said, oh, Lord, this must be something bad. I got both of them at one time. In that conversation, we met at a little restaurant. Some of you may know as Chubbs. It was formerly known as Grecian's at the time. And we met and we sat down in a booth there and we started having a conversation about something that was moving in Charlie and Kinsley's spirit to start a program called Agape to the Nations. And as they began to lay this thing out and we started having a conversation back and forth, I got excited in my spirit because this is where my heart is. My heart is for missions. My heart is to reach out to people and to love people, all races, all colors, all nationalities, globally. And as we sat there and Started doodling, if anybody knows me, I've always got a pen in my pocket and if there's a napkin around, I'm probably going to scratch something out on it. And we started doodling around and I was listening to their ideas and I just felt God just saying, this is something that I'm blessing and I'm going to grow it. In that time that I've known Charlie and Kinsley, a lot of things have changed in their life, a lot of things have changed in their world. They went from no kids to the Brady Bunch, or it seemed like overnight, and God has continued to bless them. He has blessed them with three boys, and then turned around and blessed them with a child of their own, because God is faithful, amen? And then they wound up with this big kid, Jamaloo, he showed up, and has just been such a, a joy to be around, and she has... Amy with her and Amy's husband and I'm just so happy to have them with us this morning and uh, didn't get a lot of chance to talk to Kinsley about where we were going with this but today I'll be talking to you after they get through and I want to share some things with you but I'm gonna ask before we do I think we've got a video that we're gonna be starting with do you want to introduce this video okay well come on up here so if y'all don't know Kinsley this is Kinsley Smith And she will let you know if she don't like something or she wants something changed. That's my girl right here. I love this child. Love you, baby. So I'll give it to Miss Kinsley Smith.
1: Okay, so um, as I was sitting there, I'm going to try not to cry because, goodness gracious. um, But Howie just hit it on the head before he got started. I just felt a weight in this room. And as I was sitting there praying, thinking about it, I was like, Lord, like, we are in these walls of the church and we know that the church is just a building it's just a place but we are the church but we are all together and I just felt this heaviness and I remembered one of my missionary friends telling me about um, using this illustration as having a backpack on your back and she was like the weight of the world is in that backpack like you have the stress of your family the stress of work the stress of life the stress of ministry the stress of everything in that backpack and it's a heavy load we all, we all carry a heavy, heavy load. And I remember her saying, you know, I can't, if I had a backpack on, I could show you. Normally she does it, but she's like, I can't get the burden off of my back by myself. There's no way I can possibly unload all this stuff on my own. And she said, but when we believers come together, we get to help unload that backpack for each other. We get to take off the burdens. We get to help lift each other up. And so I just want to take time, too, if that's okay. Um, I know that in my life, between kids, like, whoever has teenagers, I'm praying for you because I know in my teenage house, like, it is hard. Can we get an amen on that? Teenagers are hard. Teenage boys. um, Oh, gosh. I know, I heard it really never gets better, and I'm like, there has to be some kind of light at the end of the tunnel. No, but um, teenage boys, like, just life. And then I think about... Um, Jean Malou and I was thinking we don't tell a lot of people this but you guys have supported us us and loved us and really have prayed with us through the trenches. The other day he had to go through 17 roadblocks to get to our property in Haiti. He had to put his life in danger 17 different times in one day just to make it to our property and then for him to get here we honestly didn't even know if he was going to make it because Haiti is in protest again he flew on a helicopter out with a missionary family. He was getting them out safe. He flew with a helicopter from, the Domin- from Kais to the Dominican. And so I know that the weight of the world is on us and we all have something that we need to unload. So I'm a hugger. If I see you, I probably will just hug you, but I know we all can't hug each other right now. So if you don't mind standing for just a second and grabbing the person's hand beside you, because I truly believe that it's up to all of us As believers to join hands and to give the Lord our burdens. So let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to stop before you first and say thank you. Mm. the sweetness that it is to be in a place where we can come and we can sing praises to you, Lord, that we can turn over our burdens to you, Lord, and that we can lift each other up. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for Pastor Howie and his leadership, and thank you for letting both of us just know in our spirit that there's a weight here, and Lord, it's not up to us to unpackage this backpack, but Lord, you can do it, and with other believers, Lord, you help us carry the weight, and we give all the load and the heaviness to you, Lord, so that today we can turn and lift our eyes and our hands to you and praise us, because you are a good and faithful God. Lord, we pray for Haiti. We pray for protection over our kids and our staff. We thank you for letting doo make it here safely, Lord. But I pray that there has to be a change that happens there, Lord. And it's not government. It's not this. It's not that. It's you. Lord, we pray that you bring revival to that nation. We pray that you bring revival to our nation. And we pray that you bring the revival to the church and to us. Thank you, Lord, for this day and this blessing, and thank you for letting me be able to get up here and share with everyone the goodness, the goodness of you, Lord, and just how you've been so, so faithful. Thank you for all your many blessings. Amen. All right, you can be seated. So many um, of you know, well, he introduced me. My name is Kinsley Smith. If you don't know me, um, I would love to give you a hug afterwards. Um, My husband is Charlie Smith. He's sitting right there. Three of our children are in the nursery. Um, We have a 16, 17, almost 11, and 3-year-old. So they're watching the 3-year-old in there. Um, Our 17-year-old is actually with my husband's grandmother. She um, has dementia, and once a month, I feel like we should do it more, so it sounds terrible saying once a month, but we allow his granddad to go to church, um, and we sit with her and watch her, so that was his Sunday to do that, so, um, and I don't know if any of you are in here going through that as well, but y'all hug your people tight, just hug them tight, because you never know, you never know um, what tomorrow's going to bring uh, but many of you know our story. As as Howie said, we have transition homes for teenagers who've aged out of the orphanage. We have transition homes in Haiti, which is where my heart is, um, the Dominican Republic and Uganda. Now, my heart is in all those locations, but it started in Haiti. And uh, so that is where, um, I mean, if someone said, hey, let's go to Haiti tomorrow, duty would not allow that because it's unsafe, but I'd be like, let's go. Um, so just know that when I'm talking about Agape to the Nations, we are located in three different areas, but today we're going to specifically talk about Haiti. Um, and so we're super excited to share with you what God is doing because y'all, he's still moving. Even though in the chaos of the world today, he is still moving. So many of you know the story with Stanley. Um, you have prayed for him, you have fought for him and you have supported him and if you're new here we're going to show a video in just a second but for a refresher Um, but i wanted you to know that because i I don't know if a lot of you remember this but back when we were at schaefer we prayed for stanley's um, hiv counts to be to not show and y'all every time every single month that we go there's zero his hiv level shows nothing and that's not because of some some medical anything it's because you guys prayed and I truly believe that the Lord can move mountains and he can make that little boy show negative and he is so thank you for praying that for him but watch this video real fast it'll give you a little bit more detail about um, him there's two buttons that are kind of worn out so I'm confused (laughs) I didn't do it. I'm not Texas. Hey, hey, my name is Kinsley, and my husband, Charlie, and I founded Agape to the Nations.
2: My name is Jean-Michel Pierre, the Haitian director to Agape to the Nations.
1: And today, we are going to tell you a story about a little boy named Stanley who lives with us in Haiti. Mm. July of 2017, the way that our ministry did work in Haiti forever changed when we met a little boy named Stanley Volier. His mother had passed away from HIV and he was left in a house abandoned, him and his sister to honestly die. A lady named Ms. Feta, who has a heart for children, was told that Stanley was left there and she went to the house, rescued him, and took him to the hospital. My sister was there and she noticed a little boy in the corner who literally was forgotten about. He was fighting for his life, and he was left there to die. Stanley Bollier was 18 months old, and he weighed 10 pounds, 15 ounces. And they did not think that he would make it at all. We got him in a malnutrition clinic, and once he graduated that program, he weighed 20 pounds, 21 pounds and 7 ounces. So he was able to get the nutrition that he needed. We knew that we had to do something because Stanley couldn't be left without anybody. He literally has no mom, has no dad, and he needed somebody to fight for him. So we prayed and we prayed and we asked the Lord to show us what to do and he showed us to take on and take responsibility for Stanley. So when Stanley was four years old, we went to sign him up for preschool and because of some things that are in his medical record in the past, they told us that he could not attend school and our hearts were broken. I mean, really, we have fought for this kid from day one, and now they're telling us that he can't get an education. But we knew the verse, Psalms 139, 14, that says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and we believed that for Stanley. We knew that he was fearfully and wonderfully made, and we knew that the Lord had great things in store for him. So we prayed for the Lord to show us what to do, and he showed us very clearly to start a school. I'm gonna be honest, that was never in the plan. A school for a God be to the nations was never in the plan. But we said, yes, Lord, here we are, we'll do this. And we started with a preschool class of 15 kids in our community. That school has now grown into three classes and we have 52 students in our program, which is amazing. These kids are in a Christ-centered facility that is safe. They're getting two meals a day and they're able to honestly grow and learn so that they can become godly, working, productive citizens of their country. But we need your help, you guys. We are at the point where we have outgrown the space in our church for these these kids. We're getting ready for the first group, which is Stanley's class, to graduate and um, head into primary school, and we have no place for them to go. So we are in the process of building a community center. This center is gonna house Stanley School of Miracle, but also be able to open up to the community at night to learn life skills, trade skills, and biblical truth. We have tons of people in our community who would love to learn how to write their own name. And this community center is gonna be able to help them do that. So we ask that you partner with us. We ask that you lock arms with us. We ask that you pray with us um, so that in 2022, the Stanley School of Miracle and the Agape Center can be um, built. Thank you guys. Never in a million years would I have thought that in October next month um, that we would have 70 kids in that school. We have a waiting list. And we are started the process of a community center being built. So Stanley has impacted and changed the course of our ministry forever. And we have seen God move mountains in more than one ways for that little boy. And I thought... We didn't like speak beforehand about how that song was talking about how he moves mountains and that's actually in my notes. So I just think it's so cool that how the Lord lines everything up because he moved mountains in Stanley's life, he's moved mountains in our ministry's life, and he can move mountains in your life. I'm going to show you this next picture. Um, this next picture is a picture of the school being built. Look at that, guys. Isn't that amazing? So that's the community center. We still have some money to raise to finish the rest of it, Um, but when I think about the beginning of how it all got started, honestly, Agape to the Nation started with $20 and a yes. And so to see how the Lord has used a $20 and a yes is just phenomenal. You know a lot of times people, what's holding people back is they go, well I'm not equipped. I don't have enough money. I don't have this. I don't have that. But God does. He does, and if you say yes to what he's called you to do, he will get it done. You get to be a part of it, which is so, so cool. Matthew nine thirty seven says, Then he said to the disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Matthew twenty eight nineteen through 20 tells us, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It tells us that there's a lot of work to do and that we are called to go make disciples. Now some of you may say I can't physically go to the nations to make disciples. Hey, but you're still called to do it right here. You're still called to invest in other people. You're still called to share the love of Jesus with the one that God puts right in front of you. That's what we did. That's what we did with Stanley. He didn't fit the standard application of how we accepted children into our program, but we knew that someone had to take care of him and someone had to step up and someone had to say yes. So who was your yesterday? Is it your neighbor? Is it your sister? Is it your brother? Is it a close friend? Who is God putting right in front of you that you can share the love of Jesus with them and impact their lives for forever? And I say all this because there's just, again, so much work to do. The other day I had a lady that said, Kinsley, there's just so much darkness in this world. And I told her, yes, there is. But we are called to be the light. We are called to be the light in the darkness. We as believers are to lock arms together. And we know it's going to be hard. There's nowhere in the Bible that guarantees that us as believers it's going to be easy. We know it's going to be hard but he equips us, he gives us people in our lives to help us, and empowers us to lock arms with other believers so that we can make a change. We can impact those around us. So when I think about the school in Haiti and I think about, well, I may not physically be there. How, how can I invest in it then? If I'm not physically there, how can I invest in it? And I'll tell you right now, my family sponsors Stanley in the school. We're able to lock arms with him by sponsoring his student, his school fee so that we know that the pastor there is pouring into him. We know that the family that's taking care of him is pouring into him. We know that the teachers are teaching biblical truth and pouring into those kids. So we're locking arms and making a lasting impact in Stanley's life and those kids around us because we lock arms with it financially. Jean-Louis? I'm gonna ask you if you'll come up. He is gonna tell you um, why the is important in Haiti. I can sit up here all day and tell you why, but when you truly hear it from someone that lives there and someone who is in our community, it just gives it a better sense of why this, this school is so important and why um, and how, I should say, it's making a lasting impact. And it's not just for Stanley or the 70 kids, this is for generations upon generations upon generations. So when you're investing in a kid or investing in agape or investing in even your prayers, it's not just for today. This has a lasting impact for generations to come.
2: School in Haiti is very important for for the kids, especially. Some of them, they don't have possibility to go to school. When they grow without school, and they've been in bad thing in Haiti, for example, gang and things like that. But praise the Lord, God, please, I got in that place, in that place, to help them, to learn them about the, um, about the um about Christ, and help them teach them how to grow in the life of Christ, and praise the name of God of that, for that, and then learn them how to grow in um, school too that's very important they learn how to respect people how to work on their life that's very good and I praise the name of God I'm part of that in Haiti now Haiti, Haiti most of the people young they're involved in bad things because they don't know Um, the good way, and life is so so bad there too. They invite them, give them a little money, and give them gun to go do bad thing. Especially for some of the political people in Haiti, they teach them the bad way. Please help Haiti and your prayer to God help them to know the good way they're supposed to take. Thank you.
1: So one thing that um, he kind of touched on that I just want to kind of bring to also is, in Haiti right now, because of the political unrest, they moved school. School was already supposed to be started, and they moved it to October.
2: No, they November.
1: Now they've moved it to November to start school. And here's the thing. like these The kids that come to our school and our program in our community, we're the only like Christian school that's very close to us. Um, but so a lot of our kids have to go into town, but the school on the property can still function without the government saying November 4th. So uh, one thing that we did this summer was we noticed that a lot of these kids were coming back each year, and their hair would be yellow when they showed up on the first day of school. A lot of times, um, when their hair is yellow like that, that means that they're malnourished. And so we thought, why are these kids coming back? You know to school to start with yellow hair and we found out that a lot of them um, the only meal that they were receiving the day through the day was the meal that they got from us from school and I looked at him and I said seriously like the only meal that these kids are getting is from us and he was like yes I'm trying to cry and I said I mean if I don't I have three meals a day and so to think that these kids are going home for the summer and they're not getting any food, I just can't, I couldn't be okay with me. It wasn't okay with me. So we started a program this summer. Um, we called it Summer Camp. And he he's going to tell you a little bit about Summer Camp and what they learned. But we gave the opportunity for our kids in our program to come during the summer, do like a mini VBS. They got a meal still. And we were able to make sure that they got clean water and food and got the word um, during the summer. But you guys, this is this is reality for him and our community in Haiti. He told me the other day, I don't know if you want me to share this, but I'm going to. The other day that and so he lives in town, our kids and in our community center and school and all that's in the country. So we have a well, we have a farm, our kids and stuff are okay. But the people in town, for sure, this past week, they went five days without getting clean water. I asked him, well, how's the food been? How are you you able to eat? Like, they have no power. And I thought, if I had no power, how am I going to keep my food fresh? And he said, I've only eaten bread for the past three days. You guys, this right here, this ministry is providing essential, life essentials to so many people. He told me that the other day. He said I had a family come up. And you guys know last year you helped us with the um, earthquake. The, we, we built so many things with the earthquake. And we gave this family a tarp. And he said, they came to me because their tarp had been, I guess, like dry rotted. I don't really know a lot of things about that. But they had no roof on their house for days. And he said, Kinsley, you know that shed out back that we didn't really have anything in? Well, it's no longer a shed. I gave them that tin so that they could have a roof on their head, on, over their head. You guys, this is things that he is dealing with daily. But by you locking arms with us, he gets to be the light in the darkness. He gets to go, here's 10 for your roof. You know what? Come to school. Come get a meal. But unfortunately, how many kids did you have to put on the waiting list? On the waiting list for school? Uh, There's about 20 kids. But we don't have any space. We literally have used every inch that we can. We have 20 kids, 20 kids that need to be in our program. So I'm gonna let him tell you a little bit about the summer camp and then we'll wrap it up. But because, listen, seriously, because you guys have locked arms with us from day one, literally Hallie was there from day one, you have allowed us to be the light in the darkness. You have provided meals for hundreds of people. You have helped provide clean water for thousands of people. We have almost 900 people a week coming to our well to get clean water. You guys are a part of that. You guys are making a lasting impact in Haiti for his glory. So here's a little bit about the summer camp.
2: During the summer camp, when the kids are gonna go to and vacation, Kenzie and I were thinking, how they're gonna do? And we decide to make the summer camp for them to keep them coming, eat, and learn about some verse of the Bible and play with them. Because when they're home, they don't some of them they don't have a chance to find people to play with them. We play with them and spend time with them and give them food after, right after they finish to eat and they go back home. Every day is during the summer. They come every morning, like we start at nine to one. It was so good for them and they feed and they happy and they stay healthy. Thank you for your part of that part of that. Like I don't know if you hear the news from Haiti. Haiti what now is very very bad. So people they can't survive. They decide to do protestation and go to the some of the business of the rich people because the rich people they they connect with the government and It's them only, can do business, it's them only, and they put the price they they want, they hire the price, the gas, especially, we have three months, about three months without gas now. The gas is very high, and we can't find it. Gas is part of our our life, because if you want to go somewhere, or hospital, or anywhere, you have to put gas in your car, but we can't find gas. When we find it, the price, the gallon, the gallon costs more than 15 us dollars
0: god bless you you've been listening to pastor howie cantrell with city gate church located at 734 red river road gallatin tennessee please visit us in person for sunday worship at 9:45 you may also see our live broadcast on facebook and youtube from everyone at city gate
2: have a blessed week